And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Welcome to the Friday Show. Gary, how are you? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, start out with that. Start out with that audio you have. All right. Uh, this is Mayorkas from just moments ago here. Halfway. We- All right. Let's uh, start that at the beginning. Sorry, that was my fault. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. All right. Starting tonight, people who arrive at the border without using a lawful pathway will be presumed ineligible for asylum. We are ready to process and swiftly remove people without a legal basis to remain in the U.S. Do not believe the lies of smugglers. People who do not use available legal pathways to enter the U.S. now face tougher consequences, including a minimum five-year ban on re-entry and potential criminal prosecution. We are prepared for this transition and will enforce our laws. Thank you. Starting tonight. Yeah. Starting tonight. Not last week, not last month. Starting tonight. And the best part was, and criminal prosecution. Yeah. Possible criminal. We could, (laughs) we we might, we might do something. You don't know. We might do something about it. You don't know. And and then I'm just reading this headline right here. Biden officials advertised to foreign nationals. How best to get into the United States while claiming the borders are not open is just yeah. just a complete just a complete uh, 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 joke. I will say this though: Mayorkas told one truth yesterday. Really, one, just one. I don't just one truth he told yesterday. Yeah, that reporter, uh, April Ryan, the White White House press reporter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember, she was always going after uh, the Trump spokespeople. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She said, in, in fact, I first saw it on Twitter where she talked about, you know, the whipping of the Haitian immigrants and how horrible. 
and the Republicans and Bill Mnuchin from, you know, who's probably has covered the southern border more than anybody mm. from Fox L.A. said, hey, you're lying. So she actually said the same thing to Mayorkas and Mayorkas said, no, they didn't whip anybody. Hmm. So he told one truth. And then and then she insisted they did. Well, not just, from not from not from where I was sitting. And it's, it's like, yeah, yeah. But it that's fine, though, that she said that, because if you want a perfect example, I was first going to call it, well, as a perfect liberal circular firing squad. Mm-hmm. But actually what it shows is what we have said all the time, the pure political activism of the mainstream media. You could not get a better example. Every There isn't anybody who doesn't know mm-hmm. that, you know, that the investigation that was done on it and there was no whipping. It doesn't matter what the truth is. They don't care. She's not embarrassed by ever. She's not embarrassed by gaslighting. She's not embarrassed by everyone. Everyone in that room when she asked the question, everybody who heard it, knew that she was lying. She knew she was lying. She knew everybody else knew she was lying. She didn't care. It's about pushing a narrative, and this is the media that you have today in the United States. Well, and, and you know, with, with activists, it's they think they're going to be the hero even when they're the only one doing something or saying something. She believes she's still the hero. Right. She's more moral because... She keeps promoting something that's a lie, but fits her narrative. Therefore, she is better than you. She is more moral than you. Mm -hmm. And we've done that across the board on so many issues, Mm -hmm. whether it's the ridiculous uh, reparations, uh, uh, you know, that have, you know, the talk that's been going on in California that is impossible, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter whether anything's impossible. It doesn't, all that matters is we promote things that are impossible, but we believe more moral, and therefore we're better than you. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of rich that Mayorkas uh, finally admits that they were not whipping, but what what are his choices? Because if he says they did, they're still employed. You're keeping them on the job, and they did? Well, no, that's the problem. That's the corner they walked themselves into. They knew it from the beginning. They knew it was bogus. And yet they took the media's side at the beginning. In fact, you know, that entire thing shouldn't have gone on as long as it did. If you're going to do an internal investigation, then fine. Do an internal investigation. But it was very clear by tons of witnesses. And all of that could have been brought to light earlier but the media took it and ran with it and they didn't dare say anything against what the media narrative was it was their narrative too until yesterday that's pathetic yeah it's uh but you see what's going on and what's going to be going on and it's just i saw now they're getting law enforcement ready for riots and Mm. everything else uh in fact let me the this is uh let, let's i want to play this audio cut this is uh, uh bill malution on on fox talking
talking about it yesterday. Mm. CBP sources tell me in the last three days in a row, Border Patrol has made at least 10,000 migrant apprehensions. Those are the highest daily totals ever recorded. Fox is also told in the coming days, we can expect to see the largest wave of mass releases the U.S. has ever seen. And then you saw the court order saying you just can't release them without a court date. But right. that's even ridiculous because, as it, I believe it came out the end of April, that you had illegal immigrants crossing the border and the Border Patrol saying, or, or then, you know, they, you know, then them being told, uh, all right, we're giving you a court date. It's 2035. Mm hmm. Yeah. Court dates well over 10 years, which means you get to be in the United States for 10 year plus years. Yeah, my question is, why not 20? Because you know the play there. The play is that, all right, if we give them, essentially that's giving them legal status for that entire time until the court date. Yeah. And then they wanted to up it where no court date, and <laughs> it's what we thought. You know, here's a number to call, and you're going to eventually have to call this, and you're going to have to get a, you know, you're going to have to make a, a uh, you know, you, here's the number. We're not going to contact you. You don't have mm -hmm. to have a contact number. Mm -hmm. You can disappear. It's your responsibility to call us. Yeah. And set up a court date. What? In... 2055 if man is still alive yeah but it's it is just a, a mess but there there was no other conclusion to this and i mean yesterday was just bizarro world seeing the stories of biden exploding at his staff for the situation at the border that's laughable <laughs> you created it you wanted this and now it's blowing up in your face. There was no other way that this. There is no other way that this could uh, have come to where we are right now. It was the only path based on what Biden put into effect from day one in office. Yeah. Look, everything hits the fan. They see the numbers where the people are. They We talked about it yesterday. They see the polling numbers. This is going to hurt in a big way. When you have Democrats screaming, no more, no more, then you've got a problem. Well, you saw yesterday, and we'll, we'll get into it's, I mean, it's not going to pass, but the Republicans on this day, they passed it party line only, not one Democrat to really enforce the border. Right. I mean, it was a zoo of a day yesterday. I mean, some of the things going on right now in Congress, I mean, the panic of Democrats is just mind-boggling. The Democrats trying to say now, you know, that the Republicans are anti-police because of their criticism of the FBI. Yeah. And, you know, and some Republicans saying, look, the FBI, you know, unless we redo the entire thing, they need to be gone. Well, you're defunding the police and we're for funding the police. Uh, yeah. And, and it was... I mean, it was just, it was bizarre because, uh, 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 well, I'll play the other cut later on, but uh, Gerald Nadler, 
you know, was talking talking about how the Republicans wanted to fund the police, and they read back his quotes. And he went, well, yes, I wanted to take away the money from police to, to go to mental health, and now New York is one of the safest large cities in the entire world. It's just like, you're just going, these people are just absolutely delusional right now. I mean, just delusional. And then you had the other Democrat that, was talking about the Republicans are to blame for the border, and she put the picture of migrant children in the cages, which was from the Obama administration. Yeah. And, I, and it's like, are, are you even... You, you and I used to have a quote when we first started working together, and I think it was based, uh, you know, uh, it was shots at o, uh, Obama, mm. which was like, they're not even trying. Yeah. I right. mean, here with Democrats, they're not even trying or they have nowhere else to go. Right. Maybe they are trying. They have nowhere else to go. But you you get the impression they're not really trying. I mean, they're setting themselves up. They can't win this argument. They're taking indefensible positions. They're getting embarrassed. They don't just they just keep going on. Yeah, it's look, they're scrambling. They're desperate. They see now that there is no way to get a win here. There isn't. And Biden sees the numbers. He sees his own numbers tanking. I expect tomorrow he'll step up and say, I'm going to sit down with the Fed chairman and do something about this new problem of inflation. <laughs> it's when I it's saw, been on the rise in recent weeks. When I, when, I, when I saw that story, I mean, of, you know, Biden losing it. Explo- I think the word was exploding. Yeah, at his staff yeah. for not being able to solve the border problem. Uh-huh. You and the th- and you have to wonder: Does he even remember? No. The first thing I thought of was: does All he- right, is is he being frustrated because does he think in his mind that he's been tough on the border all along? <laughs> I mean, it's the first thing that came to seriously. my mind because the response would be: What are you talking about? This is what we all want. <laughs> I think the I think right now that I don't know I guess that's one possibility another possibility is somebody on his staff floated that to the media to try and ah, boost his numbers yes mm-hmm. that it never happened now he's going to be mad that he's mad at his staff <laughs> well, I, I think I think you're a little bit unfair are you saying that the White House might be lying Yes. Oh, Eric, I mean, I that may have gone you may have just gone a little bit too far there. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. hitting below the belt. Are you saying they might not be lying? <laughs> <laughs> that might be a better way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No. It's it it is right now uh inevitable that all this is coming together at this time. None of these items are in the abstract any longer. In 2016, when Trump was saying, look, I want to build a wall, I want to build a wall, I want to build a wall. The blue cities could still live in the abstract. The, bro- the, the, the border crisis was real back then. It's been real for a long time, as the president said. <laughs> been chaos in the border for years. But the problem is, is that the Democrats in the blue cities, oh, it's not a problem. We, we're we a sanctuary. We're a sanctuary. Where did all of these illegal immigrants come from? We can't handle them. 
By the way, you know the first one to uh, sound the siren in a big way on that? Cher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Because that was just an, uh, that w- was actually just an idea that had been floated. Instead of, um, uh, why don't we just send them to the sanctuary cities? That's when that idea was first floated. Nobody was actually doing it then. And then she said, well, no, what would we do? We can't afford that. We can't. And now here we are. Yeah. And you saw uh, Lightfoot, Chicago, state of emergency. You saw the yeah. the, the other. We'll get to all these stories uh, in Chicago. Uh, residents furious because she wants to house the uh, the migrants mm-hmm. uh, in, in a high school. Mm-hmm. And New York is getting a thousand a day and that's going to skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And then and the reports are that, hey, the, they wish to go. To the big, they wish to go to Miami, uh, New York, Chicago, Dallas. Yeah, those are the places mm-hmm. that they really wish to uh, uh, go to. And it's like, okay, fine, we'll we'll uh, we'll send you there. Mm-hmm. And we'll send and and so now they're screaming, and the whole thing is, where is the anger from the left uh, of uh, of the mayors of Chicago? And uh, and both uh, New York saying that they can't take any more when they're sanctuary cities. Where is the label of xenophobe? Where right. is it? Right. It was. It was all like I said. It's all horse manure from or, the Democrats that, constantly. It, yeah, you were xenophobe and you were racist, right? Because you're only worried about the southern people coming across the southern border. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How dare you? Well, now they're coming across the northern border, too. You've seen some of those mm-hmm. stories over the mm-hmm. last few months. Mm-hmm. Well, why not? 866-90-RED-EYE. When it comes to truck maintenance, sometimes it's the little things that can cause the most trouble, like cabin air filters. When properly serviced, cabin air filters provide a barrier between pollutants and harmful particles outside and your HVAC system. If you don't pay attention to them, however, this small part can turn into big trouble in no time. Breathe easy when you know which warning signs could indicate that your cabin air filters are clogged. A dirty, musty smell throughout the entire cab may indicate your cabin air filters are oversaturated and need to be replaced. Check the condition of your filters if you smell an unusual odor coming from your ventilation system. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal, but man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters C P. 
Redeye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Friday Radio, he is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. And then the House Minority Leader, the Democrat House Minority Leader, Hakeem Jeffries, yesterday claimed Republicans are creating a fictional argument on what's going on at the southern border. <laughs> I mean, it's just... It's untrue. You, I mean, it's... You, you just... You shake your head. It's mostly peaceful tourists. <laughs> Temporary misplaced travelers. Yes. And for, for those people saying, where'd you get that one from? That actually was floated in California about, what, 10, 12 years ago? Yeah, they actually used it for yeah. a few minutes. Yeah. Temporarily displaced travelers. Traveler. Instead of illegal immigrants. Now they just need to come out and say, pre-Americans. Why not? Why not? Um, you know, this is, but you can tell they're scrambling. This is, you know, the, the, the bogus story that Biden is, oh, he's angry. And then Mayorkas at midnight. Oh, okay. We're going to give you five minutes to turn around. Literally going to give you five minutes to turn around. <laughs> That's insane. Wait for the buildup at the border and then go, oh, no, 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 no. Could have done it long before this. You know, you could have done it starting, I don't know, I'll just pick a date out of thin air. Starting January 20th of 2021, you could have started then. But no, they're not going to. Bonus show. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. A ton of different stories about what's going on at the border coming up in a moment, but I just uh, we want to play this audio cut. This is the National uh, Republican Congressional Committee immediately having an ad ready within hours. After uh, House Minority Leader uh, Democrat Hakeem Jeffries claimed that Republicans are creating a fictional argument mm. uh, around what's going on at the border. Here's here's the ad that they're running. Here we go. They create a fictional argument around 
what's happening at the border. The number of migrants now breaking records even before Title 42 expires. The scene extremely graphic, bodies went flying all over the place. When an SUV plowed into a group waiting near a migrant center. This person had no right to be here. He'd been deported on four separate occasions. Five people killed, including an eight-year-old child. Cities along the nearly 2,000-mile U.S.-Mexico border are bracing for a surge in migrant crossings. I have lived here for over 38 years, and I've never seen anything like this in El Paso. There is no end game. That is really what I'm hearing. Even from DHS officials I've spoken to, Andrea, say they feel like they're at the breaking point before they even get to the starting lines. They create a fictional argument around what's happening at the border. Mm. That was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just... You, I, you I, don't even, I don't even know what to say. I mean, if they... You, you keep thinking that they're going to attempt to change course on some issues, and they just don't. No, they don't. Um, this... Uh, what I think is a bogus story of the the president being upset that his, <laughs> no one's doing anything about the border. Give me a break. And then Mayorkas, you know, right at midnight. Oh, no, no, no. You can't come here. They're already here. Where were you a long time ago? The border is secure. The border is secure. The border is secure. Then why did you need to do a video? Well, if the border is secure, you don't need to do a video. Well, again, when <laughs> when he when he gets on there to so- sound tough, and then the first story you read is a federal judge on Thursday evening blocked the Biden administration from implementing a policy that allows for the release of migrants without court dates and without any way to contact them, just hours away from the end of Title Forty Two uh, public health uh, order. Judge Kent Weatherall uh, imposed a two-week restraining order on the Biden administration policy, which would see migrants released on parole with conditions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, here's the thing about the um, the video from Mayorkas. You know that some in the media, at least Fox News, will follow up tomorrow. Others will, too. I mean, there's you've got so many eyes on the border right now. They're going to follow up and want to know. Because what he's saying is, now he's talking to those coming across, saying, if you don't come to a legal point of, through a legal point of entry, if you don't go through the process then you're going to be denied. You can't come across a non-crossing, you know, swim across a river, whatever it is, is what he's saying, and then claim asylum. What he's saying is you have to come through the legal process to do that. Well, I want to know, and the media is going to find out too, I'm very curious in the coming days, because you're saying when he says it, that means it's policy. The boots on the ground can't be releasing them the way they've been releasing them. So my question is, how many in the media are going to ask that question? How many are going to look for the answers in the coming days? I suspect we're going to have that, at least from some of the reporters that have been following this for uh, a long time, from the beginning. 
Then the New York Post article, and this story is actually a few weeks old, migrants allowed into the U.S. as asylum seekers given immigration dates into the year 2035. Immigration court dates into the year 2035. I mean, this is how insane it is, and it's going to get worse because all the media is down there. All the media has covered it. We played you a clip from MSNBC yesterday with uh, former Obama Director of Homeland Security, Jay Johnson, on and just saying, you know, the 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 things that the Obama that the Obama that the Biden administration is planning on doing is just really really bad, and they were showing all the different uh, all the different photos. This is going to be a absolute unmitigated disaster. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I, and this is the only way that it could have panned out. There was no other way that the that this would come to fruition except what we're seeing right now, which is going to be pure insanity and chaos at the border. Never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to F things up. I would say to F everything up. Well, this is again, you know, I was, uh, uh, Michael Schellenberger was uh, uh, talking yesterday, uh, or he was tweeting out yesterday. Let me see if I can find it here because it was uh it was to me it's really interesting because it shows you that what we're seeing now is not the abstract anymore but everything is hitting reality the democrats have lived for years in the delusion of the abstract which was in the future our plan will be better mm-hmm. than what than what you wish than what the republicans wish to do well what you see on the border is what the Democrats wanted, and it's what Democrats voted for, and it's what many independents uh, voted for. It's not what most Republicans voted for, mm-hmm. but the independents and the Democrats over the last couple of decades that have voted for Democrats voted for what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the article that he was referring to yesterday uh, this is Schellenberger. A reporter tried to debunk the horror stories about San Francisco, and this was uh, Curb.com spiraling in San Francisco's doom loop. A reporter tried to debunk the horror stories about San Francisco but couldn't because they're true. Quote, this is from the article, some of the street addicts were rotting literally. their decomposing flesh, attracting flies in the middle of the street mm-hmm. and on the sidewalks. Mm-hmm. You know, what you're seeing in these cities, the pure insanity that is going on, what is happening in Portland, Oregon, what is happening in San Francisco. You see now the absolute hypocrisy of the left on sanctuary cities, especially in Chicago and New York. And I think there was an article in the National Review saying what Governor Abbott and, you know, has done. What Governor Abbott has done, if the El Paso mayor, by sending buses, uh, by DeSantis doing it, has finally uh, made America aware because now everyone is touched by, you know, illegal immigration mm-hmm. and an open border policy by the Democrats. And the Democrats now are feeling it. And this goes to every single thing that liberalism stands for. Mm-hmm. 
Whether it's health care, well, we thought it was free. We didn't know we were going to have to pay for it. We don't want if we're going to have to pay for it. You and I talked about whether it was Vermont, Colorado, or California when it came to uh, nationalized health care or single-payer system. They eventually couldn't get any of it done. Vermont, Colorado voted against it when they put in, this is what it's going to cost you. Uh, but the abstract of it being free, oh, free health care, yeah, well, it's, here's a reality, it's not free. Well, then we don't want it. Right. Well, then you're living in the delusional world. Same thing, you know, uh, when you say, all right, let's all have all drugs be legal. Let's give the homeless rights. They have the right to camp wherever they wish to camp, whenever they wish uh, to camp out. And now you're seeing, and these are liberals. Many of these are liberals, and, and, and you see them, the homeless activists saying, we can't do that. Michael Schellenberger, for example, leads, you know, I, I think one of the uh, organization uh, organizations trying to help the homeless and get them off the streets. And I was watching a YouTube video the other day in Portland, and the this uh, a person who was a, you know, uh, again, a homeless advocate said they actually, they said it gets to a point where you finally realize that the people, the city council and other Democrats that are voting for this, this is actually what they want. They want people dying on the streets. They want people rotting on the streets. He said there can be no other answer because it's obvious, you know, what what their votes and what their behavior and what their actions as politicians are doing, and they don't seem to care or ignore it, and they know what's going on. So the one guy said, I can only come to the conclusion that this is exactly what they want. Yep. What's going on at the border right now and will be going on and what you see is what the members of the Democratic Party in Congress and the White House want. Yep, It's the only conclusion to their policies. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with defund the police, the same thing with all drugs must be legal. Everything that they promote turns to rot. Yep. Um, you know, this is, uh, it's interesting because uh, Schellenberger has, has, you know, floated these ideas. Uh, I know that uh, he appears a lot on Rogan, uh, but does a number of other interviews. And he talked about, you know, uh, running for office and, and some of the ideas that he wanted to implement. And the fact that there were a lot of details that they would have to work out. But he had this overall idea and picture and goal about, you know, what would happen with the homelessness. And one of them was, you know, and again, we can debate it down the road. If if his former party, he left the Democratic Party, but if his former party ever gets around to doing anything about it, which they won't. Um, but you look at things that... Uh, he talked about, and that was, all right, look, you know, work programs, this and that. And I thought, okay, you, you're, you're creating, you know, you're kind of painting this this huge picture that really we're light years from. We have to walk before we can run on problems like that in the city. And that changes, that has to change. Basically, it's going to have to start. That change is going to have to start with the will of the people. But what what are we actually seeing in those cities? The will of the people isn't political. You don't have people on the left in those cities saying, all right, 
we got to come in and we got to change everything. I mean, there's been a couple of things on uh, prosecutors and and a couple of moves there uh, along the way, but they're not making big political changes. What are they doing instead? The ones who can afford to leave are leaving. They just quietly walk away. So the Democrats are going to rule in those cities, eh, at least for the rest of our lifetime. I don't see Republicans coming in in Portland and San Francisco and and being the ruling party in those cities. That's not going to happen. But you see someone like a Schellenberger and other Democrats. I mean, he's still, you know, basically on the left. I mean, he's a... I think he's a critical thinker. He's a smart guy. At least you can have a discussion with the guy. Uh, he left his he left the Democrats last year as a party officially, but still on the left. Lifelong Democrat. How many of those are out there? The rank and file. That can look at the problem and say, look, this is stupid. We can't allow this to happen. Well, what do you have in Portland instead? You have, well, we're going to create a situation where if you even approach someone who is homeless, they can sue you for harassment. You can't, you can't approach them at all. Let's set up the tents ourselves. We'll do this. It is going, they're going full on. They believe they have the full authority and the will of the people because they do. It's how people vote there. This is a choice. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the top of the hour, more on uh, Title 42, uh, now gone, and what that means uh, for the, uh, the, uh, the, the border. We'll get to more specifics on that and any update of what's going on right now. If, anybody, if, if there's any breaking news, we'll have that mm. uh, uh, for you. Plus, <laughs> the Biden family and the business that they're in. We'll get yeah. to uh, that and more coming up. It is Red Eye Radio. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, 
90 Red Eye. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and you can listen when and where you want if you can't listen live uh, over uh, uh, night. Just uh, reading a couple of articles here, just a couple of headlines. As Title 42 ends, El Paso residents feel abandoned by Biden. I mean, the situation there is just terrible. You've seen some of the photos there mm-hmm. from El Paso. It's just uh, pure uh, in- in insanity. That was New York Post had that one. And then reading uh, Noah Rothman here. In, a, in objecting to their treatment by red border states, big city Democrats are inadvertently uh, pop- popularizing the case against lax immigration policies. Migrant busing turned out to be a political coup for the Republicans. And, and we had said this early on when Democrats you know, came out and said, well, it's just a they're just playing politics. It's a publicity. It's a political publicity stunt. And we said, well, yeah, of course it is. It's to, you know, everything is politics to begin with. I mean, that's the dumbest argument you can make that these politicians are involved in politics. Yeah, but there's good politics and there's bad politics. Having a secure border is good politics. Not having a secure border is bad politics. Having sanctuary cities is bad politics. Having sanctuary cities, and then when uh, when uh, illegal immigrants and migrants want to come to your town, and they actually come to your town, and then you say you don't want them, that's bad politics. Mm. So it's all it's all politics. But as we see now, now it's in the heartland of of the the, the country. Illegal immigration is being talked about in the biggest liberal cities in America, and the open the the open borders policy. Everything now is being discussed in these major cities. And there's a huge liberal circular firing squad going on right uh, right now. In fact, uh, there was a story uh, that uh, the uh, – and I'll see if I get some audio on that. I don't know if I need audio. I've got the story here in my pile. But talking about uh, residents just livid, absolutely livid, that they want to use uh, uh, a high school uh, to uh, uh, detain some of the migrants who have, you know, come in there and you start talking about the cost the local cost now and we know it's through the roof in new york city Mm -hmm. and new york city getting a thousand a day and now they believe it's going to continue to skyrocket yep adams is throwing a fit adams is the only is the only one uh real democrat out there screaming at the Biden administration and what did it get him Sorry, you can't be part of our presidential campaign. Right. I don't know if that's a bad thing for Adams, though. <laughs> Actually, that might be good for him. Might work for him. Uh, you know, he wouldn't have to create that separation himself. They've already done it. But, you know, this is where we are. And now you look at the, I think this weekend is going to be very telling because the media is going to be very curious. Uh, Bill Maligian was was at, um, in, is in Brownsville uh, with Fox, and and he said he's shutting it down for the night. Uh, it had gotten quiet. He assumed, he said on Twitter, that things have slowed down because those who want to cross will cross in the morning uh, at daylight because they want to go through the process of claiming asylum. Uh, and so if that's going to be, you know, we'll see if that's going to be the case. Um, and Mayork is saying that if you don't come to a an actual crossing, an official crossing, then it is not part. We assume that you are, uh, you will be presumed to be ineligible for asylum, which means that every one of them are going to line up 
at the International Bridges in Del Rio, El Paso, Brownsville, Laredo, and all the other border towns where there is a bridge. That's where they will line up. By the way, that's likely how, I I don't know if I can say most of them because I don't know how many gotaways there are right now uh, on the average, but it certainly is how a great number of them were coming across anyway. And so we'll see what changes after Mayorkas put that video out uh, a little over an hour ago. We'll see. Uh, let's head to you. Let's go to Sam in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Sam, you're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Very good. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, you keep mentioning that uh, it's going to cost a lot of money. Um, what's, how much do you think it's going to cost? I don't have the number. Why is that important? Well, you're the one who's saying that it's going to cost a lot of money. I, w- I would hope that you'd have at least an estimate. Are you are you right? saying it's going to be free? I didn't say it's going to be free. I didn't. I, okay. I'm, I'm gonna, All right. All right. It, it is definitely going asking, to cost you, money. You're, saying you're going gonna, to have to because it, it's going to cost. Well, well, wait, well, just well, hang on. Hang on here. Money. Hang on here. We're going to get it. We're going to get it for you. Detention, because, detention because, and the locals are going to have to pay for all of this when they show up in their towns. We just brought you the story a little while ago. Using schools, that's not free. So you're saying there's what an acceptable amount. Are you saying there's an acceptable amount? That well, this, are you saying that there's an acceptable amount of people that we can turn away and yes. say, you know what, you yes, can go yes. die somewhere? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. That's the whole point. Did you not get that? Okay, then don't say that you're a Christian then. Oh, I but see. This is what Christian. liberals do. You're no Christian well, if you're turning away. Well, you know something, away. the first thing, um, by the, by the, by the abide, way, abide by the law. By the way, just so you know, in Texas, uh, it costs <laughs> just for illegal immigrant care $717 million. Uh, it cost uh, Texas $152 million just to house uh, illegal criminal aliens uh, for one year. Texans pay between 62 and 90 million to include illegal uh, immigrants in the state emergency Medicaid program. Uh, Texans paid between 30 and 38 million per year on coverage for illegal immigrants through the child health insurance program. Texans pay between 31 and 63 million to educate unaccompanied alien children each year. Now, for the, what we were talking about for New York City, it was Mayor Adams that said it's going to run into the billions, and I think the one figure that they came up with was $4 billion it was going to cost New York City. And New York City, which is a sanctuary city, has stated, we don't want you to come here. Chicago has said, we don't want you to come here. These are Democrats that have sanctuary cities. Now, what you're trying to state is, is that we should have an open border where everybody should be able to come in. That well, you don't turn anyone well, away because if you right. turn someone away, you're not a Christian. Now the thing wow. is, that's not. <laughs> I, I want to make this clear. That's not. I, I can tell that he got he he got scared to ask what he really wanted to ask because mm-hmm. his point he was going to make was that uh, the policy under Biden is the exact same under Trump. Yeah, uh, that's and, false, and that's that's false. The, as we know, the president campaigned. Uh, on, in fact, in the primaries, encouraged uh, illegal immigration across the border. Mm-hmm. He campaigned on that, and then he put him when he got into office a moratorium on deportations, an end uh, to Trump's uh, weight in Mexico policy for asylum seekers, 
Uh, and when he became president in the first couple of months, uh, he came out with his uh, uh, platform and his immigration bill that would offer legal status and a pathway to citizenship, all those things encouraging illegal immigration. If you're saying that we need to let everyone who wants to come in come in and not have an immigration program, uh, I would believe that you're not going to win that argument with the majority of the American uh, 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 public. The estimate two years ago from the Attorney General of Texas, again, this is two years ago, and I point that out because things have greatly increased since then, is that Texans pay between $579 million and $717 million each year right. for public hospital districts to provide uh, uncompensated care for illegal aliens. Uh, uh, here it is for New York State. Since, again, the, 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 the gentleman challenged us, mm. you must be new to the show. Mm. Uh, Adams begs the state to help pay New York City's $4.2 billion in migrant costs. That's just New York City alone, $4.2 billion. So it is the liberals that are screaming about ill uh, that are screaming about what's going on at the border they're the ones that started the sanctuary cities and now they're saying we don't want you and and so for the caller um if you're going to consider yourself to be a christian uh are you okay with the cartels doing this with people and children are you okay with that if they want to come here legally I don't have a problem with that. No. In fact, we on this show, like actually Trump did a couple of years ago, we believe that the that this needs to be settled so we can have a more vibrant legal immigration plan into this country mm -hmm. and bring in more because we need it and we're going to need it because if we want our economy to grow – it is a symbiotic relationship of wanting to have a vibrant legal immigration system, which will help our economy because our birth rate just isn't there to have the boom that we had over a period of, of, uh, of, of, of time. So I guess your argument is if you don't want totally open borders where everybody can cross and fentanyl and child slavery can flourish and the cartel then, is basically running the show right then we are anti-christian yeah yeah the christian way is to let the cartels do it right so wow. there you go but uh, there if you wanted the numbers uh there there are the numbers and, those, and, and, and that's just a, right. a few examples of numbers at on a local scale well i just love how so we, we didn't include I, everything in arizona uh, California likely doesn't put their AG probably doesn't put those types of numbers together for the public and promote it like the Texas Attorney General does because they're a sanctuary state. But trust me, they're being overrun on a daily basis as they have been, just like other border states and now just like every state. There's not a major blue area that's not being affected now. I just love, though, he thought we didn't have, that we couldn't find it. All we had to do was go to Google. It's not hard. Well, it's, You guys say it's as if it's not costing money. That was uh -huh. his first yeah, point. You can't come like, up, and you can't come, come up with a total number. Yeah. The total number is not important. It is billions and billions of dollars. 
Uh, let me see. Illegal immigration costs California taxpayers $31 billion a year. All right. So there you go. Yeah. In case you're in case you're wondering, we did have the figures. Sorry, we didn't know the question because you told our phone screener something else that you wanted to talk about. And chickened and, out. Yeah. And then chickened out. And yeah. so we just needed to, you know, uh, do our re- just get the research that we have lined up on the computer yeah. to blow away your stupid argument that you were trying to portray that it really doesn't cost anything, that open borders doesn't cost the taxpayer anything. Extremely weak argument, if, sir. If you don't if you don't want open borders, you don't love Jesus. <laughs> That's laughable. And that coming from a liberal makes it even more laughable. Eight six six ninety red eye. Surviving and thriving as an owner-operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. Costs are not the same each month. If 9,600 miles are driven one month and 10,000 miles the next, two different sets of costs apply for each month. For example, if your tractor payment is $1,850 per month and you drive 9,600 miles in the month, your tractor payment is costing you 19.3 cents per mile. Drive 10,000 miles, though, and that same payment will cost you 18.5 cents per mile. This is one of your major fixed costs while paying off a truck loan. The difference in this example is only a fraction of a cent, which may seem like small change, but it ultimately amounts to $960 more annually on the bottom line. Because though fixed costs do not go down over time, you can reduce your cost per mile with more paid miles. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. I love new listeners to the show, especially those on the left. That because <laughs> obviously he's a new listener. If he wanted to call a our radio show and try to make the point, because that's what he's trying to do, that illegal immigration doesn't cost any money. <laughs> that that I mean and thinking that we weren't prepared for it <laughs> because we well, didn't ha- because we didn't have the statistics in front of us and it took us 10 seconds to you know look it up well, online that, because no, that's the part that's that's the part that it really kind of you know boggles my mind <laughs> is have you ever heard of google have you ever heard of the internet i mean yeah. you know that these numbers have been put out there for years and are easy to find. I mean, you got to, well, if you don't want them here, then you don't love Jesus. 
Okay. All right. But I just, again, I just, I chuckle at that that's the best you can do. I mean, that's the, that's the number one argument. Because for him is that smuggling is very Christian, by the way, I I guess. I don't know. For me, it was him trying to make the case that illegal immigration costs nothing, that it's Mm. free to the United States, Mm -hmm. that there are no there are no taxpayer dollars involved in it, because that's what he was attempting to imply, which, again, is, wow, that was really your best argument. (laughs) Seriously? That's what you lead with? Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's just. <laughs> and you probably could get uh, the uh, total cost if you take. Uh, th- then again, remember, state costs recently have skyrocketed. For example, that $4 billion, uh has been over the last year for New York. Yeah, that's why, really I, that's why right. I, uh, I wanted to point out that what the AG in Texas put out was from 21 right it was over two years ago so yeah no it's it's definitely increasing because the number of people are increasing and you've got hospitals on the border that are on the brink and have been on the brink for years because they're required to treat people by law and so that is very known to those coming here that need hospital care they go to a a border hospital, and that's what they—that's how that's going right now. I mean, it has been going on for years. Arizona, okay. Texas, estimated cost federally, hundred and fifty point seven billion. Yeah, I know that uh, that Trump said uh, several years ago it was somewhere around two hundred billion. It's funny because NBC did a follow up; they did a fact check, and then. It turned out to be the numbers actually turned out to be anywhere from 120 to 150 billion. But again, that goes back a few years. That number, yeah. I don't know, and it would be impossible to you know to update the numbers so far well, for 2023 without collectively well, that talking was, to each agency. Yeah, that was from an analysis from March of yeah. this year, 150. Okay. Now the thing is, did they include yeah, inflation? Yeah, it was the same a couple of years because ago. It too, was, so. Because it was 150 billion. Inflation now has made that 200 billion. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> to provide the same service. Yeah, just since March. <laughs> it's a joke. Wow. Yeah, no. No, um, but it's interesting. I'm, I'm glad the guy called because it's interesting to see, you know, what, what the it, mindset is. What, what what the mindset is. How did of, they get away with it politically? Yeah. Right there. People like that. People like that. I, I just, what I liked was his excitement that he thought that we weren't going to be able to tell him uh-huh. that it cost something. That That's what got to me. It's like, wow, yeah. he has to be a new listener to the show. Right. As if I had a some kind of limit where I would go, oh, if it's only costing $50 million, if it's only costing $1 billion, if it's only... Nope. We're a nation of laws. It's about the law.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Well, I just thought about this. The NFL released their schedule yeah, for this year and next year. Right. Okay. And so, let me see. We're in May. Mm. Very, very soon, you should have the liberal sports reporters asking the question uh, of whether Kaepernick will get a shot this year and what team that will be. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and well, and you know, we should be hearing from his agent. He's working out every day, and he's waiting to take a leading role on a team. Forty years from now, he's in his seventies. I can still play because that's what happened last year. Remember last yeah. year? Yeah, and all the teams go quiet. How old is he now? I think ninety-seven. I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> no, he's not. I'm sorry, he's not as old as my dad. <laughs> yeah. My dad is older. <laughs> Let's see. How old is he now? He's 35. Okay. All right. All right. And he <laughs> would turn 36 midseason while watching games. Because <laughs> he won't be playing. <laughs> I'm in. Okay, great. Can I, let's uh, just hit one other topic the uh, the the town hall debate, not the town hall debate, town hall the the the, the, the town hall um, meeting on CNN. Yeah. Well, it was a debate between her and Trump for yeah. about half of it. Looking at it, <laughs> looking at it from a little a little over twenty four hours after it, you know the uh, the one, you know the one big problem that that really amped up, I think Republicans was the fact that it really wasn't, you know, a town hall meeting means you're the moderator. How you doing? Okay, now we have questions from Republicans. And it turned in more of a debate between her and Trump, which is not what it was billed as. And so I just, I I love the way the left went absolutely crazy. Look, it was, in the context of what's coming up over the next year and a half, it was nothing. Nobody will remember it. Yeah. And inside the beltway it's huge because inside the beltway everybody's okay, this is a plus, this is a this is a minus. That's a positive, this is a negative. Mm. Uh I looked at it there were like I said that was the one thing I got out of it. The other thing I got out of it was that Trump no longer says and nobody has picked up on this. Trump is no longer saying the election was stolen. You and I talked about this yesterday. He's saying it was rigged. And rigged is a whole different ball game mm-hmm. than stolen because rigged, as you said yesterday, has a wide, 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 wide berth. Yeah, yeah, that's to, a huge umbrella. And and when he started talking about it, when when before they got into the whole, you know, Mike Pence thing, but you know, he was stating, well, because of the the laptop, because of Twitter, he was talking about things which are election interference, uh, but. Those are things that definitely cannot overturn any election. Out and outright fraud where the election is stolen, you may have more of a moral point than legal point, and maybe to a certain degree, depending on what the fraud was, you might have a legal point. But I think he actually made his legal point weaker by not using the word stolen. Mm. 
but using the word rigged and then bringing up that I something that I think we're all in agreement with. But the fact is, uh, you know, the, the Hillary campaign completely set him up and lied about him. And lies and censoring and things like that may be wrong in the courts of overturning an election. That's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And even last when this happened in 2020, a lot of people were upset at us. But it's like, look, we're telling you what the law is and how the Supreme Court and how constructionists looks at, look at the laws. Mm-hmm. Once, the, once the states signed off, it was done. It's the way the elections run in the United States. Mm-hmm. We knew it, and we said this is what the this is what the conservatives at the Supreme Court will do, and we got eviscerated for it. And when it happened, everybody went quiet. We said, "Look, we're not saying we're agreeing with everything that happened. We're just telling you what the law is." Yeah, uh, and the other thing that that got that that came out at me was what he said uh, about the. Um, uh, about the classified documents. It was the opposite of what his lawyers are arguing. Yeah, he, nope. was, say, he, was, he right. was saying basically he knew they were going there. Yeah, that he knew he was going there. Um, uh, uh, Trump's lawyers told Congress last month that the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago got there by accident. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's not what he said yesterday. And that's, as we have said, you know, whether it was the, and by the way, of course, everybody misinterprets what we say. Not everybody, but, it, um, you know, a uh, uh, few people uh, did when we said, look, uh, uh, Trump, that deposition he gave uh, at the, the civil trial, he was his worst enemy. And we were just pointing out legally what happened. I have no idea what happened. You and I have no idea whether there was a rape or nothing happened. I no, no in fact, I was very clear when we yeah, were talking we no about idea. that. What My position right. on the deposition has nothing to do with the jury finding. The jury right. could have found him guilty even without the deposition. That's not the point. The point is is that the deposition certainly didn't help. It didn't help, no, when he when he stated. Cause, and, the, and the point I brought up was the fact that the only thing that they found him liable on was relating to to what he said was okay and just a standard thing that happens with stars. Mm-hmm. And that's the exact thing that they found him liable for. And anything that he didn't say, it was a he said, she said. For right. example, the rape. Right. And it was still a he said, she said for... On the incident. On on the actual incident, the, what do you call it, the battery, mm-hmm. the sexual abuse, uh, unwanted The touching. alleged incident. Yeah. Yeah, I should yeah. say. Yeah, yeah the... Um, and it was still he said, she said, but him coming out and stating that, that uh, you know, she wasn't his type. And then to the lawyer, you're not my type, was implying to the jury, and we said that before the verdict came down, that was implying to the jury that, oh, no, I'd do that. Mm-hmm. And it was just mind-boggling. And the same thing here, and that's the problem with with uh that's the problem that Trump can be his own worst enemy in the things that he actually says. Mm-hmm. And so those are the things that really as to the importance of it, it's not important. It was uh you know, a small three point one million people watched it. That means that uh three hundred and thirty five million did not. 
Mm-hmm. And it was huge inside the Beltway, but inside the Beltway, everybody plays that game. But it was like, no, there were. I, I think the curiosity was probably even greater after the jury uh, handed down their verdicts, because uh, you're you're talking about you know, wow, okay, here we go, primetime appearance, mm-hmm. and there's no doubt those questions are going to come at him, and how's he going to answer? So I think you probably had a greater interest. And um, but the the ratings again, it kind of goes back to what we said about money that you spend. You could have a couple of billion dollars you spend on ads, either as a pack or a candidate. But if you don't have the right message, it doesn't matter how much money you spend or the kind of exposure you get. If it's not the right message, it's damaging. It's not doing you any good. So you can have a massive audience. And still blow it. In fact, that's more damaging than if you set it in a hallway where no one is listening. You know, I I, I think at that particular point, when she started asking questions, she said, I thought this was a town hall. I want to answer their questions and I want to stick to the issues. Mm-hmm. I would have done that because, yeah, you know, on, yeah. on those things, Trump is extremely strong. Right. Uh, extremely strong on, mm-hmm. and you know Byron Donald came out and you know you saw him afterwards. Nobody wants to be talking about the 2020 election anymore. They want to talk about inflation and this and that and that. I'm like, well, Trump should have said that. Yeah, right. But he himself can't get by that. Well, and that's what we you know, said. And you, you own the conversation. It doesn't matter what the question is in front of you or who presents it. Well, it was you own the answer. Did Did you see? Uh, it was it was Kevin. Uh, he, I can't think of it was Kevin McCarthy or Comer. It was Kevin McCarthy yesterday, and and he was talking about like law enforcement on the border, and the, one of the questions was all about Trump. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Well, we're here about this, so I'll answer those questions." That's what he did. Mm-hmm. We answered, just I'm going to ignore the rest of it, and I'll answer these questions. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to engage. Yeah. But as to the, you know, who won. Well, did she win or did Trump win? Well, Trump won. Uh, it's just like, well, that's not the question because the the uh, the the political, if you want to look at it as a game, that there's a winner and loser, the game was not between him and her. The game is, can Trump expand his base? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether the base is happy with him. The base is always going to be happy with him. In order to win the presidency... He's got to get the majority of people who are voting in this election that aren't Republicans to vote for him. Now, Biden may hand it to him. Mm -hmm. Sure. Biden may hand it right to him. But you don't depend on that. You say, what is my goal? I need to expand the base of people to vote for me. I need to reach out. It's got to be more than my base. And he has lost some of his base from 2020. That's obvious with the Republican polls. He mm-hmm. doesn't have 80% of the Republican Party backing him. In some polls, he has over 50. I think one said 60. But most, if you look at it, show him in the 40s or higher 40s, mm-hmm. depending on who's doing the polling on mm-hmm. him. Right. And and so that's your goal, your goal. The goal is what you said a long time ago. 
You campaign as if you're down by 20 points, even if you're up. Yep. And I didn't see yesterday, uh, or when it was yesterday, the day before, uh, from that, that he expanded the number of people who would vote for him or attempted to do that. And that might not be a problem in the primary. That's his problem in the general election. Well, and again, um, his challenge is, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be one thing where you you don't engage with the media because we all know it's a joke. It's a joke. They're coming after you. They want the soundbite. They love the ratings. But in order for the ratings, the number of people that you're exposed to, to work for you, the message has to be on point. And you control the answer. The questions can be fired, and they they're going to be in every case. It doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter which network you're on. That's going to happen in any of the networks. We saw that during the debates uh, in 2016 and in 2020. It doesn't matter if it's Fox News or not. You're going to get the soundbite question. Keep your message on point. And so, you know, the, and did CNN won big because they got a big audience? That won't be there tomorrow. Yeah, I've never seen the, the one-spot ratings right. as, as it was inevitable that that was going to be the case, but that's not going to increase their audience. No. That doesn't give them an audience. No. It gives them an audience for that period of time, and it's really, it's, it, the ratings are really meaningless. If, if they took it and you could look back, let's say, two months from now, then all of a sudden those ratings carried over, which they won't. They carried over and their audience grew from that date. They're you averaging could, a million and a half <laughs> exactly. in prime time. Yeah. Right. And you could point to that correlation. Uh, okay. I'd still have some questions, but that's not going to happen. Well, it's we'll, a blip. We'll tell you whether we're wrong in a month and a half. <laughs> well, no. If it leads to an increased audience... Uh, I you know then fine, but well that was my point. Yeah, I'm we'll not, tell you in a month and a half. Yeah, we're, we're I'm not wrong about the prediction that it won't. Yeah, exactly. Eight six six ninety red eye. We'll be right back with more red eye radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up more on uh, the uh, border. You saw Riley Gaines, uh, Riley Riley Gaines, excuse mm-hmm. me, uh, blast Venus and Serena Williams for not standing up for women in the transports debate. You see, yeah. she's putting out their challenge. I wondered. I go, hmm, should she be doing that? Because then it becomes the argument back and forth. Right. Don't take Don't take your eye off the ball about what the subject is. Right. But she's like challenging all women athletes to do it. And she did it by twitter earlier this week and they haven't responded right but we'll get to that and a whole bunch more plus the debt ceiling
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Made it to a Friday. Woo-hoo. Just reading here from Chad Wolf and Robert Law, op-ed piece in uh, on foxnews.com uh, uh, about what's going on on the border. Uh, they said the most anticipated day for the Biden administration's border security crisis is upon us. All eyes are on the southern border for all the wrong reasons. On May 11th, the Title 42 public health emergency ended, and with it, the lone vestige of border enforcement coming out of this administration in the form of approximately 50,000 illegal immigrants per month that have been expelled at the border. For 27 months, the American people have witnessed a humanitarian and security crisis at the border on a scale never experienced in our nation's history. Unfortunately, this is not hyperbole. This is reality. The situation is on the verge of getting worse because starting today, migrants will face no consequences for crossing the border unlawfully under the Biden administration policies. The Biden administration knows this, and so do the cartels and the migrants themselves. Beginning on Friday, all illegal immigrants apprehended at the southern border will be put into Title Eight immigration proceedings and will be subject to ex- expedited removal. Though the Biden administration makes it sound like an effective enforcement policy, it is merely an optical misdirection. And this is what you and I have spent plenty of time talking about. Mm-hmm. What the administration is not telling the American public is that there is a glaring loophole in the expedited removal that the cartels coach illegal immigrants to exploit the ability to claim asylum regardless of how dubious the claim. For the past two years, the administration has tried to convince the American people that they have no choice but to allow these illegal immigrants into American communities, even though only 10 to 15 percent of them, which means 85 to 90 percent, will not qualify for asylum years later once before they go uh, before an immigration judge. There is a sensible alternative, as we demonstrated through the establishment of the Remain in Mexico policy during the Trump administration. It is possible to provide genuine humanitarian protections to those who qualify without the mass release of illegal immigrants into American communities who will predictably never qualify for asylum under our laws. The success of Remain in Mexico speaks for itself. Fewer illegal immigrants were making fraudulent asylum claims when they were required to wait south of the border until their immigration court date. However, the sleight of hand from the Biden administration does not end there. The last-minute scramble to send 1,500 National Guard troops to the border is a sign of desperation and shows that the administration has failed to adequately prepare for the inevitable end of the COVID-19 public health authority. Although this move may sound good to the casual observer, 
The troops are not authorized to enforce the law and will be relegated to administrative and processing duties. The new asylum rule announced on May 10th is also an enforcement deception. The administration claims that the rule will impose harsh new penalties on illegal immigrants and that the legacy media decry it as a revival of the Trump administration regulations, but the facts do not support these claims. The new presumption of ineligibility for asylum sounds tough, but the failure to prevent fraudulent claims from being made in the first place severely limits its impact. The rule is also filled with loopholes. Hang on one second here. It's also filled with uh, loopholes that will perpetuate the trafficking of vulnerable migrant children and continue the horrible practice of adults recycling kids to form fake families for the purpose of being allowed into American communities. The most absurd exception might be a claim that the smartphone app, known as the CBP-1, that the administration is using for illegal immigrants to schedule appointments to be waived into the U.S. was unavailable to migrants, claims it would be difficult to vet. Another verbal misdirect Americans often hear from this administration is that they are working with significant constraints. They claim that they can spend their way out of the crisis if Congress would appropriate more funding and change immigration laws. As we have repeatedly pointed out, the disaster at the border is due to ineffective policies. That's why we are in El Paso, as Title 42 ends, to hear from everyday Americans who are impacted by the crisis, to talk with Border Patrol agents who have lost confidence in the Department of Homeland Secretary Mayorkas, that is, uh, to work with Texas law enforcement officers to provide a state-level response and to document firsthand the border crisis that was intentionally created by the Biden administration policies. Mm. So there you go. Yeah, look, um, you know, this uh, statement put out by Mayorkas at midnight. Hey, if you uh, look, you can't you can't stay here. Don't come here. If you come here across an unofficial crossing, you won't be eligible. Uh, The uh, CBP also issuing a statement a little while ago. Um, and as a result of the federal judge uh, putting a halt uh, to the activity for two weeks, all of these, you know, the, the, what seemed like, uh, maybe to anyone who's not following along, uh, efforts to secure the border are only the efforts to keep everything lined up to get people here across mm-hmm. faster. The translation from Mayorkas says, make sure you go to an official crossing. That's where all of our personnel will be in terms of processing you through. You can claim asylum there. If you go anywhere else, what he was doing is redirecting everybody. That's all he was doing. We're going to wave. We're pretty much going to wave you on through. You can claim asylum. Uh, it doesn't even have to be true. You can just claim it, 
but you are going to be ineligible for asylum if it's not at an official border crossing. All he's doing is trying to uh, make it more uh, uh, smooth and and a faster process for them to get people here faster. This is not about real deportation. Everybody knows it, too. Right. Everybody knows. Right. Everybody knows the administration is continuing to lie. Yep. And this is the one thing, and they've done this on a variety of issues. No, we're doing our best. We're working. We're doing this. We need more money. They need more money to what? Process people more quickly into the country. That's right. With bogus asylum claims. Right. And, and that's court the, dates of who knows when. Right. Court. Well, they were going to do it with no court date at all. Right. If they could have gotten away with and it. And that's where the judge stepped right. in and said you can't do that. And this is the big lie to the American public mm-hmm. that, no, we're here for border enforcement. No. They're down there in order uh, to process more people quicker into the United States. Mm -hmm. That the vast majority are giving fraudulent asylum claims by U.S. law. Yep. That's the reality of what's happening at the border. They're lying to you. They've been lying to you from the very beginning. Even though they told you early on what they were going to do, Once they started getting negative press on it, and once we saw the crisis at the border, they continued still to expand doing what they're doing, but pretend they're doing the opposite. Because they're not going in and and fixing this. I I don't know if you can even call it a loophole, the whole asylum claim. That's That's such a distortion of the law. It's just mind-boggling. Yeah, the, what, they, what they've done is tell you how you can get in. We're right. telling you how you can. Just right. give an asylum claim. Right. doesn't matter whether it's legit. Right. Because we're not right. going to do any checking on this. Right. We're not even checking to see if the children that are coming in with adults actually belong to those adults. They've lost 85,000 children. And they don't they care. They don't know where they are. Asylum claim. I mean, this is my the my biggest, home country is horrible. This is the biggest joke and the one of the biggest lies that you, you see if a Democrat dares, as Adams did. Sorry, you're off the campaign. You yeah. can't campaign for right. this president. Right. You can't be an active part of the campaign. You right. can't do it because right. you've actually said, look, this is. The problem is actually what the federal government is doing. How dare you speak out yeah. against Joe how, Biden? How dare you tell the truth? Right. And Biden and the rest, they're going, hey, you guys said you're sanctuary cities. Deal with the cost. Right. We're not going to bail you out. You deal with the cost. Right. You said you wanted that that you wanted not only migrants, you want illegal immigrants and you will protect them. From the federal government. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're sending you, technically they're legal. They're migrants. Right. Because they've been processed through the border. Now, the vast majority of their claims are fraudulent. Right. But that's okay. We've legalized the people with fraudulent 
We've given As, them uh, fraudulent as, uh, well, yeah. uh, uh, asylum reasons. The the Biden administration has given them legal cover by distorting the law themselves. Yep. Just amazing. Uh, and and this is the way. Honestly, if you if you would have, if you go back 20, 30 years, and the all the debates back and forth on the border. And and you said to someone, all right, here's how you do it. You just let them claim asylum. Now, back then, even Democrats would say, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? You're insane. Keep in mind, it was uh, 20, I think as late as 2014, the late Harry Reid from Nevada even said, we need barriers on the border. We need a wall. That's what he was saying. Harry Reid, top Democrat, one of the craziest Democrats of his time. Yeah, but of course, that was going to change. Remember, he denied that there were any illegal yeah, immigrants yeah, that was, working that, on construction yeah, sites say, in Nevada. Fast forward uh, several years, we don't have any illegals working on construction in Nevada. No. No. There was a shift. There was a, there was a sizable shift. That changed their entire party. And somebody came up with the idea somewhere along the way. And with Biden, it was just, okay, how do we do it? How do we create this situation? You distort the law like they do on everything else. Title IX, we'll tell you what Title IX means. Title IX means anybody who claims they're a woman gets to claim they're a woman and gets the protection under Title IX. That's Title IX to us. And all they have to do is say so. And so if you wonder why they can't solve the problem at the border, it's because they created the problem at the border and they are accelerating the problem at the border while lying to you about it. They have no reason to stop what's going on down there because it's been their plan all along. Mm -hmm. They're lying to you about it, as we just pointed out, But simple research, you can figure out what actually is going on. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure it out. Right. They can't solve the problem because they created the problem. And to them, it's not a problem. This is their goal. Yep. Yep. And the thing is, every single Democrat right now knows we're telling you the truth. You know that's the case. Now, for the one caller, mm-hmm. uh, you know, earlier, who's for complete open borders, mm-hmm. he still knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. He still knows that the Biden administration is lying mm-hmm. to the American public, mm-hmm. trying to convince them they're being tough on the border while they're doing the opposite, based on the policies that you can check out yourself. Right. It's not hard. Right. Eight six six ninety red eye Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is 
Eric Harley and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. And so the uh, House passed their bill uh, today, their immigration bill. Not one Democrat voted for it. Not yeah. one. Now it would uh, continue rebuilding the uh, the wall. Mm-hmm. And I just had it here with me, and I just lost it. I just had the... Yeah, it limits the uh, asylum protections as well. Mm-hmm. And those are the things, and I, I think, you know, to myself, what we were talking about earlier, back in, you know, not too long ago, um, it would be ludicrous for either uh, party to promote, uh, you know, just blowing open the, 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 the qualifications for asylum, basically. Um, but that's really, uh, you know, one of the, one of the attempts here by the GOP is to limit that. Now, my question would be, let's say you had enough votes to get it through even a veto proof majority in the Senate, which they don't, but even if they did, the Biden administration would still go into this distortion of interpretation. And that's what happens. They jump into it and say, well. And they pick it apart. Uh, White House counsel picks it apart. and president makes a move administratively. And and there's your problem. But there's not one Democrat on that bill. They didn't want to support this bill. And my question would be, hmm, I guess, do you believe there's enough time between now and, and November of next year? I mean, they're all up for re-election in November of twenty four. Those Democrats are seeing it. Certainly border state Democrats are seeing it. Well, yeah, well, that's I, I they all see it, which is which is why the president. Um, you know, that story came out that the uh, uh, president is furious and exploding at his staff and for not making the border more secure. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. You know, that again, I don't they've gone so far down this path. There's nothing else that they can do. Look, they were still screaming yesterday. I think Menendez was screaming in the Senate that he's that Biden is militarizing, you know, the uh, the border by sending down the fifteen hundred federal troops. Yeah. Which, of course. He's not militarizing the border. They're going to be doing paperwork. They're not involved in border control. Right. And still they're using, uh, this is the thing, no matter how bad it gets. Like I said, the Democrats, the last couple of days are trying to paint the the Republicans as anti-law enforcement because of the criticism of the FBI, where mm-hmm. the criticism is absolutely legit, that there's been rot in the FBI management for the longest time, and it either has to be fixed or they've got to be gone. You've got to do something. You yeah. can't allow what has continued there. And so they're trying to say that the, the Republicans are anti-police mm. to the point of absurdity. Yeah. And 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 even you had the, the uh, Democratic representative on the floor yesterday with the picture of the children in cages screaming that this is all Republicans' fault. And they pointed out, um, your picture is from the Obama administration. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's... How did they keep failing on that one?
The Bona Show. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. And that's the frustrating thing. You know, when you look at it, whether it's the Biden administration on energy, you see now the regulations that would phase out natural gas plants. Hmm. And, you know, natural gas plants. So they've taken away natural gas. Nobody wants nuclear. They're moving towards trying to run our entire energy system on solar and wind, which is impossible. And the more they attempt to destroy our energy, economic, and national security, the more they feel that by telling the American public that they can do something they can't do, that they are on some kind of higher moral ground. And you see that across the board. Tell me a policy that the Democrats, a major policy right now that the Democrats and the Biden administration are for, that doesn't help to destroy our society. Everything's about punishment. Everything is about uh, going in and punishing, uh, whether it's their, whether they're, the party is pushing for higher taxes. Uh, the border, I think we've made that pretty clear on this show alone. Energy, uh, our, the, 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 the cities, to fund the police. Your authority over your crime. own children. Authority over you. Uh, men can be men can men get to define uh, the definition of a woman. Critical race theory, judging people by groups mm-hmm. and not individuals. His Co- administration, by the way, is literally fighting in court for children to be able to have genital mutilation surgery. All the major issues you cannot make the point that and and. And, for example, on the border, they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. They're lying to you. Yeah, they are. They're lying to you every single day on the border. Americans know they're lying to them. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Americans know you can't run our grid mm-hmm. on solar and wind. So why the hell are they doing it? Right. Why is every major policy that the Democrats are involved in about destroying our society? You know, if I said that 30 years ago, people would be saying to me, you know, Gary, you're just, it's over-the-top rhetoric. Well, tell me where I'm wrong. Well, you know, it used to be that in a campaign ad, you would hear the words law and order. Now that's a new, uh, for the left, that's a new trigger. If you hear the words law and order and see an American flag in a campaign ad, that means they're far right wing nationalist Nazis. Yeah. No, that's exactly where we are. Wait, you want to put America first? Oh my gosh. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> they should Law be, and order. They should be blunt. Just put them <laughs> America third. <laughs> Make America third again. Make America third again. <laughs> Make America, and then just keep going down every year. Make America 65th well, again. Make America eight again. <laughs> At least it would rhyme, right? Right. <laughs> I'm not sure it would be for them. and I don't know that it would be in the top ten. I mean, that's where they are, the far left. Now, you see these... Um, you see the polls where the majority of his party, the Democrats, 
don't want him to run again, don't want Joe Biden to run again. But that's not because they're conservative. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's their distaste for the current president is not for the same reason that we have a distaste for the current president. It's very different. They believe that somebody else needs to come in and sell the agenda. Now, many of them, the rank and file, see the damage that's being done. They see it. I, mean, I, I don't yeah, know where I'm, that I, I don't have any confidence. There's no way to measure how many of them change politically. Uh, we mentioned Schellenberger um, and, you know, he left the Democratic Party, became an independent, but he's still a liberal guy. Uh, but these are these are things that, you know, you look at and a, and a number of Democrats, a, a handful, just a few have switched parties. But it's not this huge thing for the voters. You're not seeing that shift for the voters. They're just not. Now, they're upset that crime is on the rise, that violent crime is on the rise. And they want something done about it, but they're not going to go conservative because how dare you? That's just about handling the moment, you know, in this moment in time. Where, <laughs> <laughs> okay. As we reflect on a moment and be unbound by this moment of time. Someone asked on Twitter, <laughs> where did you get the, ad- where, where the, the, ad- get the-, <laughs> the advanced script of Harris's speech before West Point yeah. is coming up. Right, the commencement speech. How did Eric get the the advance or the copy of the speech? <laughs> well, I mean it's it's so it's such a it's such a depressing time and it's going to be when we see the insanity at the border now and know this is what the Democratic Party actually wants. Mm-hmm. Them telling you they want the opposite is a lie. Right. Because if they didn't want it, and I and I go back to uh, Senator uh, Kennedy from Louisiana interviewing the DEA official mm. and saying, "Well, if you want to stop fentanyl, we need to be we need to be at war with these cartels. We need to go to Mexico, and you need to talk to the president. You need to say we're here. We want to wipe out the cartels." Could we do that? She would answer the question. But you come up here, you keep asking for more money, the problem keeps getting worse, Mm -hmm. but you're not doing what you should be doing in order to actually stop the problem. You keep, And this is the whole thing. Well, we're working hard. You may be working hard, but you're not accomplishing a damn thing. It's getting worse. And as he said, in the private sector... When you continually want more money, or if you continually fail, you don't get more money to continue down the avenue that is giving you that failure. Yep. And that's what's happening right now. You know, we hear it all the time. Well, what we need is comprehensive immigration reform. What does that mean? You're seeing the first part of it right now. Let anybody in... Even if their asylum claim is fraudulent, mm-hmm. and then give them amnesty, right? That's their comprehensive immigration reform. Well, think about it. I mean, you know, if 
if there are court dates as far as 2035, then what you do is down the road, uh, I don't know, 2032. Anybody who's been here five years or longer. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how you build it out. Right. Exactly. We know how it's done. We we've seen it. We've been here, done that. Yep. Right. And that's exactly what they want. They want this right now. If they didn't, they would be doing something about it. They'd be doing something. You know, they're not saying, listen, we're trying, but we just don't have the manpower. They're not saying we don't have the budget. They're not saying, uh, please, Congress, give us more money to fund controlling the border. Right. They want more money, but not to control the border. Not to control. They want. Oh, they want to spend a lot more money. But Mayorkas isn't saying, my hands are tied because I need a lot more money from Congress because we need more border agents. We need more equipment. We need a wall. They're not saying that. No. They're doing this bogus pretend thing. Uh, well, you better not come across. You can come across over there, but not over here. We need everybody in line over there, is what he was saying. Right. Everybody come in this line, and you can get in. If you don't get in this right. line... He was telling them then, how to do it. Right. Then, then we're going to punish you. Get in this line, you're fine. Exactly. And it doesn't matter whether your, your asylum claim is bogus... You'll still get into the country. Right. It's just you've got to come in in this line, not that line. Right. That's basically what we're doing on the border. Yes. And everybody knows it. And so does that encourage more people to cross the border? No, it will increase. The incentive will be uh, it it won't be a disincentive and people won't want to come if you're making it clear how to come in legally. Well, and that's it. You know, we saw it during the... um uh, the the situation in Del Rio and the uh, the under the international bridge where a lot of them were waiting and they were saying I'll wait forever I'll, I'll sit here and I'll wait as long as it takes I'm I I want in AP did a similar uh, type of uh, on the spot interview I don't remember where it was I think it was in the Rio Grande Valley sector somewhere along the border of Texas and those individuals were saying the same thing. What if they send you back? Well, I'll try again. But, and then one uh, person was saying, I'm going to claim asylum because this is the situation in my family or in my country with my family, and I need to keep my family safe. Now, there's no burden of proof on that. There is no standard right now with asylum. You don't have to prove it. They're certainly not going to do that. And so the question is, all right, how long does this go on? It's going to go on as long as Biden is in office. Mm -hmm. Not going to change. And so those individuals are willing to go, oh, okay, you want me to go over here? Yeah, I'll get in line over here. They're willing to wait. And they know that. Biden knows it. They're not going to be turning people, anybody away that's claiming asylum. I was going to say, I'm going to say this for one last time, but that wouldn't be true because I'll be repeating it now for the next couple of years Mm. over and over again. We're in this situation because this was the plan of the Biden administration. Mm -hmm. This isn't because they can't handle what's going on at the border. 
due to circumstances that were unavoidable, they created this problem. Why? They want this problem. Mm -hmm. They're actually getting what they want right now. They're able to process many more fraudulent asylum claims and process them legally into this country for a decade or more, Mm -hmm. as we have seen now that the uh, the reports that had come out, the New York Post had it yesterday, but other media outlets had it at the end of April. These illegal immigrants that cross and become legal migrants are legal for at least 10, 11, 12 years because that's how far back their court date is being pushed. Yep. 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 You push it down and, the road. And it's and then... exactly what the Democratic Party wants, exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. They don't care what the border towns, border states, and even non-border states are going through right now. And if you're a Democrat in a major city, Adams, you need to keep quiet about it. Light you, foot, yeah. you blame Texas, uh, well, Adams in New York City, uh, city and, right. and Lightfoot blaming, mm-hmm. you know, you can but, blame but, Texas, you can't But blame. Adams is blaming, yeah, yes. Adams blaming them. Blaming right. uh, the, the administration. The administration right. Yeah. So you can blame the states that are led by Republicans. Don't you dare blame this administration who's actually in charge of it. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, John Brennan uh, testified before the House yesterday in a closed session. Mm. Jim Jordan came out and said, eh, after interviewing him, yep, the whole letter was political. Yeah. It wasn't organic. Right. Yeah, it I was political that. and help designed by the Biden administration. Yep. Or the Biden campaign. Biden at the time. campaign at the time, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we'll get to that. Jobless claims uh, rise sharply to the highest level since 2021. And uh, Kevin McCarthy said he's going to call Director Ray at the FBI about getting that. The document? Yeah, document. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I think that there has to be this effort. And we wondered, all right, well, well then what about the next step? Uh, what about oversight being able to see it without the public being able to see it? They can be our eyes behind closed doors. Something like that going to be acceptable? I I think the FBI is going to react the same way. No. The answer is no. Haven't been able to find an editorial yet blasting the Republicans and saying there's nothing on Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from uh, anybody on the left. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I haven't seen I'm one. going through here just the all the different uh, editorials here from the last day now. Yeah. Still nothing. Still nothing. And I'm guessing they're just thinking this will go away. It's not going away. No, it's not. No.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. We, Eric Harley over there. Hello. Gary McNamara. All president or accounted for sitting here. We are. Ready to go. All right, so I've been looking for any type of editorial or anything in any type of major newspaper mm. that's defending the Bidens. And I did find one, and I found it through Jonathan Turley. But it really doesn't come from like a newspaper. It comes from the New Republic, which is a liberal website, lib- has been for the longest time, liberal magazine. Mm. Okay. All right. But <laughs> he writes, and this is where we analyze, you know, what they what they say. The gold medal for spin may have to go to the New Republic Mm. after revealing millions of dollars being filtered through 17 LLCs to nine Biden family members from foreign sources. The National Review headlined, quote, Republicans finally admit they have no incriminating evidence on Joe Biden, end Mm. of quote. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then he writes, soon to be followed by, (laughs) quote, media finally admits they have no journalistic integrity in Democratic corruption, end of quote. Uh, as noted earlier, <laughs> nothing will make the media see the elephant on the stage. Joe Biden was the object of an influence peddling, uh, and the proceeds were allegedly distributed to family members from his brother to his grandchildren. Yet the media is insisting that no level of corruption is newsworthy Short of a confession. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Funny and true. (laughs) It said, um, okay, he he goes back to uh, uh, an article that he wrote back in in October of of 21, Joe Biden, the disappearing elephant, how to make a Mm. full-size scandal vanish in front of an audience of uh, of millions. Mm. Well, whatever the National Review writes, the reason that and and we've stated this the 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 reason that you really haven't seen, you know, major papers come up with anything. I mean, for example, you can tear that headline apart. Yeah. In one yeah. second. Yeah. Sure. Cuz uh corruption and a bribe doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you personally benefit from it and we'll see whether that's still the case. It, as to where that uh, leads, because we know from the laptop uh, that uh, they talked about the improvements on Joe Biden's home, as we know that. Mm-hmm. Things that improvement. And uh, Hunter Biden himself complaining what he had to give to his father. So we'll see where that ends. But it doesn't matter in influence peddling or corruption or bribery whether you are benefit or your friends benefit from it. Yeah. It's, it's, right. whether, it's whether you are the target and provided something for... Uh, that money, whether it goes to you or the family, it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, you know, and a lot of these scandals, it gets down to when did he, uh, what did he know and when did he know it? Uh, I think with this one, it's uh, how did he, how did he pay for the Corvette and when did he buy it? I mean, it's, you know, mm-hmm. the, all the money uh, circulating in this family is going to be traced to the nth degree. 
if the Republicans can make that happen. And my question would be, too, you know, we, we talked about um, the liberals always wanting the, uh, the tax returns from Trump. And we said, look, this isn't about anything else except for what his true net worth is and also what, how much he gives to charity, right, versus what he says his net worth is and what he says he gives to charity or something like that. It's not about him breaking the law because he's audited every year from the IRS. If there were a problem with his taxes, we probably would have known that. Well, now the question would be, where's the IRS when it comes to the Biden family? Where is the IRS when it comes to the Biden family? Yeah, it's a great question. Is, is it, well, could, could it be that they've been up till now successful in, if, if they are breaking the law, if, if any of them are breaking the law, successful in just hiding that money? Well, we know Hunter... Yeah, we know right, he evaded. Right, right. We know he yes. evaded taxes. Right, right, right. Uh, how how far does it go mm-hmm. uh, up the uh, the line? But uh, well, here's a point: if the grandchildren got money, did they file taxes? Mm. Well, the question <laughs> would be, yeah, because how old are the grandchildren? Yeah, and, we don't know. And how right. was the money? Right. right. How was the money claimed? <clears throat> uh, what, did someone claim that to be inheritance or a gift? Well, or I mean, there are so many questions in that mm-hmm. because. The thing is, is that you form an LLC to do a couple of things, to give you some protection on your personal income and also to give you tax benefits. But if you're doing something nefarious to hide things, it's a shell company, and that's the allegations. So the question would be, all right, then with those LLCs, Where's the IRS on those other family members and any money that was moving in accounts? If there were so many of those SARS reports, then what do we know about the IRS? Now, I know we have, you know, right now, uh, a couple of whistleblowers on, on on the front, but the IRS whistleblower and then the other whistleblower, and the question would be, what might we learn? Because in an era when Janet Yellen is saying, well, we need to be looking at everybody's um, money apps and no, $600 right. deposits no, right. yep. and everything else, <laughs> because the rich people are getting away with it. Were there $600 deposits made to the Biden family? Right. Oh, I love this. <laughs> yeah. That's the new narrative. Exactly. <laughs> Forget Janet it. Yelling, you should be looking over here. I don't care. Ten million doesn't seem like a lot. Right. No, no, we're worried about six hundred dollars. Yeah, six hundred dollars yeah, right. went somewhere. We need to make sure that that's reported. Exactly. It's a six hundred. That's funny. What if it turns out there are so many Bidens involved here? They just gave them each six hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Irony. Darn! If we would have given one dollar less. Oh my gosh! Why didn't we go five ninety nine? Big we guy. We wouldn't have it a report. <laughs> oh, dang it! Stupid Janet Yellen. Yeah. Um, those, you know, those are the questions in my mind. Is is that all right? How? Because it could be that they were, uh, if anything, any criminal wrongdoing is going on on that level, then it could be that they're just have been successful 
up to this point. Look, SBF, when you when you look at the insanity of SBF or anything with uh, Elizabeth Holmes and all that, and, and you talk about how people behave and, the, and, and vetting things, you know, we're not... We're not on that level. So the people that are involved in it, you would think that they vet those situations to a greater extent. But that's not always the case. That you look at, at, at uh, you know, everything that came down with, with uh, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried and, and what's going on with crypto in general, but really that case, Elizabeth Holmes. And all of that. She think, says she wants to make a comeback. Oh, did did you see the bizarre? We didn't talk about it. No, we didn't. The bizarre story, I think it was from last weekend or, or the beginning of the week. And I'll get it from the New York Times. She wants to be called Liz. And she's saying now that that Elizabeth Holmes was just a character she was playing. The person that wrote this for the New York Times... <laughs> It, it was a big article. I think New York Post said it was 190, was it 95? No, 95 mm. paragraphs. I didn't count the paragraphs, by the way. And I didn't read the whole thing. But I was reading the teardown of it. The other media were tearing it down. And she's not, according to the, and they don't have audio. They have one picture of her uh, that I saw uh, that the New York Times took, maybe a couple more. But no audio of Elizabeth Holmes, I'm sorry, Liz Holmes. She's not wearing the makeup. Her hair is different. She's not talking in the weird, deep voice that she was talking in. She's talking in a very normal voice. And now she's saying, because they mentioned the movie. What do you think about this movie star that's going to play you? And she says, well, they would be playing a character that I was playing. She It was just a character. So can you identify as somebody else uh-huh. now? I guess so. I'm not going to prison. That was the character. <laughs> I don't identify as that Maybe person. that's how she got it delayed. Wow, that was the character. You know, she was supposed oh. to report for prison. Her, her lawyers actually had that delayed. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how uh, for how long, but uh, pending the appeal, I don't know if it's going to be all the way through the appeal or not. I don't, I honestly don't know, but. No, I mean you think about these situations, and then and then think about the update on that story. The New York Times did the story on her going. Oh no, that was just a character. This this whole it's so fake that we got to carry on this whole fake facade to the point of going. Oh, that was just all that raising billions and billions of dollars. That was just a character I was playing, and the New York Times did a massive article on it. Well, either that or they got to cover the Bidens. Guess so. So, fake over here or fake over here? <laughs> Which one are you going to do? Oh, that was a character. I was, come on. It's no joke. It's no joke. It's no joke. I just love the National Review, though. To me, it's, I don't think that's what the Republicans were saying yeah. to the National Review. But no. It's, it's yeah. just, I, I'm actually, this is something where I know their position is so weak on the left that I'm looking for every day. I look for any type of editorial or piece done by liberals saying, oh, there's nothing here for the Bidens. Okay, why? Yeah. Well, because they haven't, they, they haven't, you know, tied it to Joe yet. Well, yeah, they have. Yeah. 
and they've tied it to him because in, there's no business that he's in. Right. There's no business that he's in. All the In fact, this makes it look worse, as we have said, because the LLC, people want, well, what's that? You know, that's a corporation they're setting up. Mm-hmm. In fact, it stands for Limited Liability Company. Yeah, exactly. So that's they're setting up companies. So these companies exist to do what? Transfer money. Right. Well, that immediately sets off signals. That's That would set off a signal from every prosecutor in the United States. And all those were created, according to, to Byron Donalds and the GOP, they were, re, they were created during his time in office as VP. Right, exactly. And those are the family ones that were set right, up. Right, Well, what business are they in? So to sit there and say, there's, there's nothing here, there's nothing here. Well, of course, you're not ignoring Jonathan Turley says the elephant on the stage. We say the blue whale pod in That's the right. living room. Yeah. Pod because meaning, it's much bigger. Pod meaning multiple blue whales yes (laughs) a large group of them yes which are much bigger than elephants yes and but not bigger than the new megalodon in the megalodon movie that jason statham is doing the sequel of you see that yeah yeah you see the big shark movie you did yeah yeah, he's doing okay. The the well, second hell. one is coming out. Well, you know, so you know it's coming out. The they're re it's going to the 16th. Hmm. Uh the uh, the movie The Way. Yeah. They're yeah. actually bringing it back to theaters right. for one 800 theaters across the uh United States. Emilio Estevez produced it. His father was uh mm-hmm. was uh, was in it. Yeah. Martin Sheen was in it and uh right. one of my favorite movies of all yeah. time. Uh Emilio Estevez just got the rights back to it. He re Yep. Reobtained the rights. I think they phrased it that way. But uh, he and he's talking about doing a second one. Yeah, I love sequel. I love that movie. There are very few movies where you have such intense character development and taking characters who don't know each other that in a period of less than what is it probably an hour and a half. Yeah, that yeah. these people bond and you view it as a legitimate bond. That will last, basically last forever. And and the underlying tone throughout the movie of faith. Yes. Yeah. And, yep. you know. Or, search, or searching. Searching for faith. Searching and for kind faith. of, you know, but it is. Wow, it may seem dated watching it now, right? Not for me. Not but for, for me, no. Compared to where we were, where we were in the world. You know, we got to keep in mind his dad, Martin Sheen. Oh, by the way, there were no protesters used in the making of the movie, aside from Martin Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a good movie, and I think if you know you're a person of faith, it is something you should watch. Yeah, I mean, there's some great. great discussions in the movie. I I think the uh, I can't think of her name in the movie, but mm. I just know her first name. The actress Kara, I think it is. I can't mm. realize her, but her scene talking to Martin Sheen about her abortion. Yeah. I couldn't believe that that was in a movie. Yeah. Even then, right. I could not believe that was. Even right. today, you'll go, whoa, wow. Yeah. And I'm not going to give anything away on it, but it's a, I mean, The Way is one of the, the best movies I've ever seen. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's a really great is. movie. And I did not see it in theaters, so. Neither did I. I may I, go. I, I don't I'm, know if we're going to yeah. have that uh, available here. I know they're going to take it worldwide. And... Yeah, there's. I know there's three movie theaters right around here that are showing it. 800, yeah. 800 okay. across the United States. Yeah. Yeah. For a one-day showing. Yeah. I think I bought it when it came out. I think I own that. But 
I would want to see it on a big screen. I own it on di- yeah, I own it on digital. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah, I'm sure I do. But uh, yeah, I was happy to see that it came out. Of, you, you're, I think you told me yesterday. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, I didn't even hear about it. And yeah, it's it's been like uh, for two months. This story's been out there for two months. Yeah, and I hadn't seen right. it. Right, right. And the part, the hotel, the bonding in the hotel. You know, that's, that's all I'm going to say. The bonding in the hotel was just. I could watch that scene over and over again. It's kind of the crescendo of the movie. Yes. It really is. Yeah, it really and is. it was so well done. Yep. It really was. And the scenery is great, too. And when the big guy, don't you feel sorry for him when he mm. tells the people why he yeah. took the walk? Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to go any further. Yeah. But you yeah. actually feel so when he gives the real reason why right. he's ta- you actually go, oh. Right. And they, I'll say this, it has to do with sex, but I'm not going to go in. I don't want to give it away because it right. actually is that kind of moment where you go, Oh, and you feel so sorry for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it 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 is a very human and realistic movie. It was done. The dialogue was written and delivered. Yeah, the way people talk, or today, should still be communicating. Yeah, I agree. It it really is a yeah. a great movie in that way. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. Compliance Safety Accountability, or CSA, is the FMCSA Safety Compliance and Enforcement Program. Its goal is to hold motor carriers and drivers accountable for highway safety and to reduce crashes, injuries, and fatalities on our roads. CSA does this by assessing the safety performance of motor carriers and drivers based on data collected during roadside inspections, crash reports, and FMCSA investigations. Based on the data that is compiled, motor carriers are assigned a score. The carrier is then grouped with other carriers who have had a similar number of safety events. Carrier scores within the group are then ranked to determine intervention priority. Low scores are better, so carriers with the highest scores are those that are most likely to be targeted for intervention by the FMCSA. Interventions range in severity and may include warning letters, roadside, off-site, or on-site inspections, civil penalties, or operation out-of-service orders. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Friday Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. I just looked uh, for the movie The Way that came out in 2010. There's a one-day showing of it next Tuesday. Mm. But all the movies, times are four and seven, so I can't oh, make okay. it to the theater. Yeah, uh, yeah but, uh, I've watched it. I've watched it a lot of times. Good so, movie. No, but it's uh, uh, the actress uh, Deborah Kara Unger, who, and when she talks about, you know, as her character, the abortion of Martin Sheen, that's mm. mm-hmm. still to me a mind-boggling scene. Yeah. You know, it really, yeah. really is when yeah. you... When you see it, and we we both loved her when she was in the movie White Noise. Yeah, that's a great, another great movie. It is a great movie. Yeah. I, mean, I always liked her in that one. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Go see if, it if you, you can. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, if the way there, yeah, there aren't many movies we recommend, but right. that's one we highly recommend. Yep.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. You know, just uh, very quickly here, you and I having just an interesting discussion uh, off the air talk because we were talking about the movie The Way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would say, okay, Martin Sheen and how liberal he has, you know, been in the past. Right. Uh, yeah. And, you know, when I first saw the movie, uh, and I can't remember, somebody recommended, I go, ah, Martin Sheen's in it. Oh, come on. And you're amazed how much faith is in the movie. Yeah. Because you right. just don't expect it. You know, and I knew he was Catholic, and I knew that that the claim was that he embraced Catholicism, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and and so you're like, okay, we're and when you see it, you're actually you know knowing what his politics are. You're really surprised. I've often thought, though, I mean, you know, Martin Sheen, especially a '60s liberal that he was, I've often thought, though, he's somebody you could actually talk to, and I really wonder where he thinks what he thinks about the identity politics of the democratic party today, what yeah, he thinks yeah. about the liberal transgender activist movement, what he thinks about critical race theory. Is he an old liberal? And we've talked about this before the old liberal versus the, the new liberal. And I don't know. I, I, yeah, you know, I don't right. know, but mm-hmm. you know, when, when they did that movie, you know, they, they went on a bus and they sold it. They went church to church, to church, to church, to church. Yeah. You know, that's how they sold that movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They got on a bus and they went across the country. Yeah. And I think it did probably what cost, I don't know how many, maybe three, four million to make. Uh, I think that's what I read in Variety because yeah. uh, I was reading a story about why it was, we were trying to find out why it was coming back to theaters. Uh, but I think ultimately, globally, I want to say it made. Fifty million and made twenty okay, more I, than twenty million I saw domestically. Made, I saw it made eleven domestically. Yeah, Wikipedia um, had eleven. Yeah, domestically. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up in in Variety again. But um, those are, you know, I mean, when you see that, it, it basically becomes this. I don't know. Uh, in in Hollywood, for a lot of people, labor of love. We we talked about Jim Caviezel, um, and some of the things that uh, the projects he's done. Again, a devout Catholic uh, who has been, uh, he was uh, played Christ in Passion of the Christ and is going to be in the sequel, we're told. And, you know, you talk about, they talk about the types of projects they, they take on and why they do it. And he's talked for a long time about um, redemption and certain qualities of the movie itself, not necessarily the character he's playing. Um, but, uh, you know, those are the uh, things you look for quite often. I think a lot of people look for those types of things from Hollywood or, or anywhere else where it's going to be something that connects with them. You know, the way didn't really do that because it didn't reach that audience. Uh, but... I do wonder if it has a different life uh, on streaming now, and it might. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. You know, the funny thing is, the first thing that a lot of people would say is, it's a movie of faith I'm going to be lectured to. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you're being lectured to when you watch that movie? Not not at all. Not at all. No. Not at all. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, it was, uh, let's see here, it was Deadline that I was reading, not not Variety. I'll see if they have the uh, what the box office did. But um, those are the things that, you know, because the converse, the dialogue is something where you would look at it, and it's almost like someone just put a camera on actual people, and they're just, mm-hmm. you know, going about their day, their journey, in this case, and all, they're talking. All with pretty decent flaws. Yeah, right. And challenges and problems and yeah, things that they can't resolve. Right. And I, you know, it's those, I, I think it's how we relate. And that's why I wonder how it will do beyond uh, the uh, theatrical release on Tuesday, you know, for the, the one day run. Because if you think of the rise, the recent rise of YouTube and, and what content creators are doing, and it's everything, I mean, across the spectrum, but what they're seeing is, a lot of what's rising, too, is everyday people doing something that they've been doing for a long time, and now they just bring a camera, you know? And that's this movie. That's the feel feels, you get, yeah. feels like there's just a camera on this group of people as they, you know, go along in their journey. And, and that has to be difficult to achieve because... It quite often is, and we see it all the time from Hollywood. You're going to look what are what are they doing? Um, they're they're regurgitating every superhero movie over and over again because they make a billion dollars each. Well, when there's so much meaning put into the dialogue and the delivery of the dialogue along the way, uh, it connects to people on a very different level. Action movies are great. I love the whole idea of John Wick. I mean, it's just great. I love that. It's escapism. It's yeah. You're yeah. not looking for anything else, but I'm just going to get a tub of popcorn and, and zone out in front of this movie. With this, there's a lot of thought and consideration, I think, that is, I don't want to say required, but I think it's naturally involved. If you're watching it, you're you're having that consideration as those individuals are talking. The dialogue continues in the movie. You almost feel like you're a part of that group. You, you know, almost yeah. feel like you're there and could be having that conversation with them. And I think you bring up a great point when you're talking about action movies, but John Wick, you know, it's not actually, you know, after the first John Wick and you realize he kills people, it's not about the killing. Yeah. Actually, what you look forward to is the choreography. When you think about it, yeah, it's the it's the ballet. It's the because it's all choreographed. Yeah, everything that he does. Right. I mean, this thing takes out. And once you realize that, you say, "All right," and you're into it. And you know, the sound is great. And you know, now with the five point one surround sound, and if you've got a great, you know, whether you watch it in the movie theater or at home, I mean, it it is a it is a visual and. Uh, and and sound experience mm-hmm. the way that movie is completely different because really it's about developing characters who don't know each other and meet each other along the way along the path and then bond incredibly by the end by the time you get the you know the the the, the last one and that was the irish writer uh Nesbitt, I think is his last name, the actor. I can't think of his first name. Mm. By the time they meet him, you know, you're a third through the movie. 
So you're talking about all the characters bonding and developing where it's completely and totally credible uh, yeah, right. in in less than an hour. Right. And that's really, really tough to do. And that's why I bring, you know, the thing is, like, when I was telling you some of the moments that you bring up, you go, wow, that one, that one really, you know, that one really hit. You know, that one yeah. really yeah. made an impact. And I brought up a, a couple of them. And every time I do, then another one comes up. And I go, oh, yeah, that one, you know, his friendship with the priest, who, by the way, is one of his best friends, Martin Sheen's best friends. Yeah, right. That actually went and they went over there to to walk it. And you know that uh, Martin Sheen's grandson married a woman who lives, you know, on the uh, on the trail. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so he lives in Spain now. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, when when you think about the, uh, you know, just the 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 different things of 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 how they bonded i think of all i'll say is do you remember the bathroom scene yeah when they all go to the bathroom and she does yeah but that's a very poignant moment because there is a thing at that moment of this is a woman who has been abused yeah and trying to find trust in men right and just that scene where they're all blocking her so she can go to the bathroom right and it only lasts 30 seconds, maybe less than 30 seconds. Yeah. There's no dialogue. It's just the music playing along, and they show that. Right. And I went, whoa. Those little things of tying them all together and all those little things throughout it, all those you know, uh, uh, little moments where there may be no, uh, there may be no uh, dialogue. Right. It's just music, and it's what they're doing at that time that bonds them all the way along it. And I just look at Emilio Estevez there and just say, what a great director for figuring all this out and putting it together where it all flows like that, where you can bond these people who are completely strangers, really don't like each other. Right. When you think about it, mm -hmm. Martin Sheen in the beginning doesn't like her. Mm -hmm. Yost is a bother, like, just get away from me, leave me alone. Right. And the, the guy who's the Irish writer, mm -hmm. it's just like... You're yeah. off, and, and who then wants to write about him and you know about his journey? And Martin's yeah. like, no way. You know he didn't like anybody. Yeah, and and they all they all and to do that and piece it together, that's what I view as a genius of that directing of uh, of uh, of of him. Yeah, I, I I like analyzing movies from the director point of view that isn't an action movie because well, there aren't really a lot of movies that don't have a lot of action and there is some action in this well but with john wick one it was why did he kill so much so many people <laughs> with john after john wick four it was why didn't he kill more people and <laughs> you know and and the thing is is that you can you can laugh and it, it kind of is part of the point it's supposed to be over the top it is very comic bookish but yeah when you have a movie and and those are the things too is that you know there are a lot of things that are out there that that just have so many different elements to them and different messages to them you mentioned it not being preachy well you know that the movie the way when it's as it's presented isn't doesn't feel uh intrusive or going in one direction in any way, one way or the other. And yet it's still compelling. Yeah. Uh, that to me is, 
you know, it, it is impossible to do because you're doing that not just through dialogue, but as you mentioned, through scenes and demonstrating in that moment. Uh, far beyond chivalry, it's those characters being protective of of her in that moment, but also of one another, understanding end, what yeah. each of them have gone through and what they're learning about each other and respecting their past. The drunk scene is a great yeah. scene. Yeah. Not actually. Yeah. The funny right. thing is the drunk scene itself is extremely, I mean, it bothers the daylights out of you when it happens. Yeah. But then how it resolves it has, the next morning when he gets bailed out. Yeah. There you know, is redemption it, from it. Right. Then that, but that, in, that continues the bonding of the group, but it's very uncomfortable watching yeah. You know, Martin Sheen, the drunk, lose it with the rest of the people, mm-hmm. you know, getting on his basically his high horse about right. <laughs> right. Yeah. how their lives all suck. <laughs> right. Yeah. But a great movie. But, uh, yeah, so I know we normally don't do this, but there are very few movies that I feel are of that kind of quality. Well, and I, I as, think especially today I find myself more and more looking for certain things. Uh, you know, I follow certain comedians. I love comedy. I follow certain comedians and and a lot of them are, you know, a lot of the comedians are just really about let's have some fun on stage. Let's have some fun, not not be, you know, throwing a message one way or the other. Let's just have some fun. And there are some great comedians who do that. And I think this movie is one of those movies also that has a great message that is compelling. But it kind of takes you through almost like, I mean, that character development really is a journey. Mm-hmm. in and of itself and so you're kind of along for that journey and i wouldn't even know where to start uh in in terms of being a director or a producer no that's or the writer. i think that's that's probably the impressive point yeah i'm like because you see the completed work you're like that's great and then you say well how do you start that from day one because they don't just it doesn't just happen right how do you start that from day one how do you plan that yeah yeah, that as that, a director, I mean that right. That's what I looked at the vision part of it. Right? Yeah, because it worked out. It worked out. And by the way, the cinematography is just wonderful. Oh, it's great. By the, the way, you can say the same the... thing about John Wick. The cinematography yeah. of John Wick. Oh, now yeah. it's it's dark and cartoonish and, and yeah. to the point. Right. I read where Keanu did uh, a lot of his own driving stunts in this one. Wow. Yeah. And nobody is better than Ian McShane, though. Oh no. No. Just looking at his face tells a story, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, he does. Yeah. And I don't care whether it was that or uh, We Are Marshall. He was in We Are Marshall, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, his, yeah. you look at his, his the expression. Face, his face is just, yeah. his face can be dialogue. Yes, exactly. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Well, Musk has found a CEO for Twitter, huh? Yeah, Wall Street Journal seems to know who it is. Uh, She is now in charge of advertising at NBC. Um, But uh, according to the Wall Street Journal sources, she will be the next CEO. And uh, her name being Linda Yaccarino. 
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord! We get it! They have chemistry! Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.